This is the 401 Podcast. Join Rhode Island sports journalist and basketball scribe Kevin McNamara with guests from the Ocean State sports scene and beyond. Now, here's your host, Kevin McNamara. Hello and welcome to the 401 Podcast with Kevin McNamara. Well, now this was a very different day. For more than 20 years, well, maybe make that 30, I've made sure to find my way to New York City for the Big East annual Media Day. For years, the gathering of coaches and top players was held at the Grand Hyatt Hotel. That was a pretty cool scene, but nothing like the last several years when everything moved across town to Madison Square Garden. Either in a conference room or on the floor of the garden, it certainly was a unique event. On Wednesday, we all gathered again, but this time virtually. It was a pandemic media day. We got to see some old pals lounging in their pajamas, chilling on their beds, burying their ugly faces in their computer cameras. Well, it wasn't pretty. But it wasn't all bad. In fact, it was way more productive than a usual Big East media day. I do miss all my media friends, in fact, quite badly, but hopefully those days will return again at some point. Here was the uh, coaches poll that the uh, Big East released. In first place was Villanova. Second was Creighton. Third was the Providence Friars. Four was UConn. Five, Seton Hall. Six, Marquette. Seven, Xavier. Eight, Butler. Nine, St. John's. Ten, DePaul. And 11, Georgetown. That all made pretty good sense, but a few observations. Two coaches picked Creighton over Villanova, which is pretty shocking considering Villanova will probably be ranked in the top five in the country when the national polls come out in a little bit. One coach who picked Creighton was Jay Wright because he can't vote for his own team. We're still searching for that second coach. Be quite interesting to see who it was. Providence College at third is interesting. I actually would have gone with Seton Hall and or Connecticut in that spot. The Friars, after all, lost five players from last year's team and are still picked third. That says a lot about what Ed Cooley is accomplishing at PC. And by the way, St. John's won't finish ninth. I don't know where the Redstone will finish, but it will be higher than ninth. Trust me, no one wants to play Mike Anderson's team, no matter who's on his roster. PC junior David Duke was a first-team All-Big East pick. Center Nate Watson was a second-team selection. That sounds about right on both fronts. The word is David Duke is a vastly improved player, and he was Pretty damn good last year, especially on defense, where I think he was as good as any guard in the country. Creighton's Marcus Zegarowski was the preseason player of the year. Amazing. By the way, I don't think David Duke is that much worse than Zegarowski. They've played against one another for years now, and Duke has often been the better player. Ask the coaches in the New England Prep School League. They saw those two kids go head-to-head for I think it was at least three years when Duke was at Cushing Academy and Zagorowski was at Tilton. Two very good players and among, I think, the better guards in the country. But whatever. Ed Cooley met with the press, and we're happy he also took some time afterwards to join me on the 401 podcast. We're joined by Ed Cooley here on Big East Media Day. Uh, Ed, uh, first of all, not getting in the car and driving down to New York. uh, Very different media day for us. Yeah, actually, I enjoyed it, to be honest with you. And I think 
it's way more intimate for me as the coach to answer more questions and to stay more present versus being pulled from room to room. We may not get all the coverage we need for the television and everything, yet I thought you, the print media, had an opportunity to ask more questions and have more of our time. You know, I, I totally agree with it. You think about j- just the effort to get down to New York, get to the Garden, get in and out of there, get back to Rhode Island is – it's not easy. Uh, it's not easy in normal times anyways. Maybe it's easy today. But uh, And as far as the work part, to, to get to everybody you know, on the Zoom, I think it worked out pretty well. I think it worked out great. I talked to the players afterwards because I stayed around and listened to them. I went for a nice good walk slash run slash crawl, and then I listened to them. And they did a great job. We're fresh. We're not tired. We're not hustling down the elevator or escalators to get to the train and just today was a really good day. Friars are we picked third in the uh, coaches media poll. First of all, uh, Ed, who did you pick first? I picked Villanova. Okay. Uh, I think I picked Villanova. I picked Creighton. I picked uh, I think Seton Hall and Connecticut. We picked up there. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm trying to go off the top of my head now. These polls came out three four weeks ago. Sure. Um, well, and again, you can't vote for yourself. What's interesting is that there were two two Big East coaches who picked Creighton. And I know you're a huge fan of, of Creighton and what they do out there. Uh, very different Creighton team this year, although they still have, obviously, Zegarowski and Ballack back uh, to be maybe one of the best backcourts in the country. They do. I, I think there's a lot of teams in the Big East that have big uh, backcourt firepower, like a lot of firepower. Zegarowski, very, very hard guy to guard. Ballack, to me, is one of the smartest players. Um and I call him more wing than guard. Ballot won't play backup point guard for them, you know? Greg has done a great job adding some size. He was talking about it on his uh, Big East media time. Uh, guys who I've never heard of before, you know, one has a seven-foot uh, seven foot four wingspan. So they, they might have more size than anyone in the league as well. But uh, I want to talk about the Friars. Um, last time we had you on the 401 podcast you had just really seen your guys for a few times. Now you've seen them for, uh, I think you said, 12 or 13 practices. Uh, I'm curious, of the returning guys, who's made the biggest impact, uh, surprising impact so far? Well, there's no question David Duke has made a major jump. You know, I, And quite frankly, I know Gil had an incredible year last year, and his team did a really good job, yet I thought David was – absolutely right there neck and neck if there ever was a co-winner of most improved player david should have been mentioned in that for sure uh what he was able to do the impact he had on the game and when you look at it we finished a half game a full game behind villanova creighton and seton hall you know so it's not like there was that much of a separation nate watson has really trimmed his body and worked hard jimmy nichols has made a really really big jump but, you know, if you ask me for one player to be between Nate and David, I think that have really shined in practice. I'm going to ask you about, I think, what's the most important uh, position on the Friars, and that would be that, that big forward role, the, uh, the, the Jimmy Nichols, the Greg Gant, um, the, the Noah, um, the Chris Monroe. You know, all four of those guys didn't play last year, or, or obviously Greg played. Right. Greg played, but uh, you know, was in and out as a freshman. I mean, how important are those guys? And give a little rundown on on those four. Well, it's funny you say that because right now we're trying to look at rotation. Uh, you know, we're looking at who can be a really good sixth, seventh man, energy person. 
and all of them are vying for that particular spot. Like, I don't think anybody has outright won it yet. They're all playing well. They're all, it's funny, they play a similar position, but they're all different. They have totally different attributes. Um, Noah is a really, really good athlete. He has a really soft touch around. He's an inside-outside guy. He's very tough. You know, Jimmy sat out last year, but his work at his game, his uh, his length and athleticism stand out in practice, his ability to guard the rim. You know, Chris Monroe is able to stretch the floor, um, his ability to shoot. And then Greg is really similar to Alpha that he can play a lot of different positions and he can guard any position. So it's going to be interesting to see how we as a staff figure out how to utilize all those pieces. How about the three-point line? Obviously, we know that Chris Monroe can stroke it when he gets going, but how about those other three guys? Have they shown any ability to, to make three-pointers at a pretty good clip? Uh, Noah's made it at a really good clip. Um, AJ is, you know, really came on. David is shooting the ball really well. Jared Nichols, uh, Bryson. This is one of our more skilled teams that we've had. So, I, I, you know, Hopefully the three-point line is a great weapon for us as we've utilized it a lot in our development with this year's group. We won't let Nate fire away from downtown just yet, although, no, although no, I know no, he no, wants no. to. Yeah, yeah, so do I. I want, I want to be in the NBA shooting threes, but, you know, i got to know my lane. <laughs> I understand. You mentioned Bryson uh, Goodine. The Friars finally got some great news on Bryson this morning. The impact that he can make. Uh, you talked about it a little bit in the media day. You said, you know, he's an athletic wing uh, guard, combo guard, uh, just a little bit more on, on Bryson's potential impact. Yeah, you know, he's learning. And, you know, we're we're not overly complicated, but you got to learn some things of which we do. And, and he's going through, a, a you know, a learning curve with it. You know, some of the monkey that was on his shoulders were, you know, the eligibility portion, so that's behind us. Um, you know, getting in tip-top shape, uh, just learning what new teammates can do, where are his spots, where is he getting shots. Where does he fit in? Uh, that's still a work in progress, but he's making big strides. He's another person who can stretch the floor that can make shots from the perimeter. And a couple quick hitters, and then I got to ask you about the virus, unfortunately, at the, at, at, at the last question. But a couple quick hitters. Ed Croswell, now that there's an extra year for everyone, the NCAA awarded everyone, any chance that he would want to play this year? Yeah, we're actually, it's a great question. It's a fair question as we're talking to his talking to his mom and, and, and his people in Philadelphia, that's definitely something that we're going to look deep into. He's been a he's been a big impact in our program. I mean, he's as big and physical as a player that we've had in our program in a long, long time. He's a load in there. Just off the glass, he really really rebounds. Really rebounds the ball, has a you know, really good feel. Surprised me with his ability to pass and you know, his, his, his IQ, that didn't surprise me, but his ability to pass kind of caught us off guard. Um, very, very, very good feel as a passer. Got it. Um, and then Noah and Nate, they have a chance to play more than one final season with the Friars. Do we just kind of see how the season unfolds, see how, see how good they are, in all honesty? Right. So, you know, again, talking to both of them and speaking to their parents and their support group, you know, they're discussing it. They don't want to say yay or nay. And, again, that's their prerogative. Yet at some point I'm going to need to know based on recruiting. So, you know, it's it's a trickle effect in some way. Um, and in some ways it's not based on, you know, the positions that we're trying to recruit. Would you ever be willing to have 
14, 15 guys on scholarship. If they're free, it's for me. You know, <laughs> right. If, if, you know, if, if that's what the NCAA allows you to have and our players want to come back, then you're going to have to do some roster management. You have to have open, honest discussions. And for some kids, sitting a year and, and, and redshirting a year isn't the worst thing. It isn't the worst thing at all, you so have, especially you, if their role is going, to, is going to be limited. No, you have examples of that up and down your roster. It's, uh, we'll, Absolutely. We'll see what helps. Uh, I'm curious. You mentioned that the guys are practicing with masks. Uh, is that a sure. Providence thing? Is that what your health people are saying? Uh, how, will that go all year? How, how do you approach that? Because obviously in the games, they, they won't wear masks. Our health care people want us to do right now as we're trying to stop the spread of it. And, you know, they, they think it's the safest thing for us right now. It's been very challenging. Yet, just like anything else, if you're following protocol the best you can, at least we're trying to limit, you know, the spread of it. And Providence has been successful. There were two coaches on the call today, uh, the, the media day today, who have not been. Uh, Villanova was sidelined in September, and Steve Wojciechowski and Marquette are sidelined right now, which is really a tough time not to be on the practice court, needless to say. Uh, they were both critical or you know, leery about a the 14-day quarantine that the NCAA is recommending, not mandating. There's other conferences in the country that are not – telling their teams that they have to be sidelined for 14 days with a positive test on their team. Just your thoughts on that, because obviously that's a huge thing in college basketball right now. That is a huge thing. And then just even what you see last night in the Dodgers game where the player tested positive during the game, you know, it's just different protocol for different states and regions. And we, yeah, it is what it is. And that's one thing I've been talking to our players a lot about, Mac. Don't react to something that we can't control. Control protocol, control distancing, control washing your hands, face mask, and then control our own emotions when there is a letdown because something's going to happen, you know, and, and anticipate something happening so we don't get overconfident and be prepared to do the best that we can. And I'm proud of our players for following that because it's frustrating when you try to think of all what-if scenarios. And that's just the God's honest truth. It's it's an unending uh, you know mind game is really what it is. Last one, Ed. Uh, if things go well and you know the virus is under control, there's a chance that the Big East could could bubble uh, for for a series of games in, in January, February, maybe both. We'll see what happens. I know Providence is interested in that. I wrote about that yesterday. Uh, just your thoughts on potentially if there is a bubble situation, w- whether Providence could work. Kev, you know me. I am the most biased person in the world when it comes to our wonderful city and state. Anything works in the city of Providence. (laughs) (laughs) We'll make it happen. There's plenty of hotels. We have a brand-new facility with two great basketball courts. There's an innovation lab. We have three full basketball courts. There's practice courts in Peterson. If need be, we can probably use some other facilities, whether it be Brown if they'll let us, Rhode Island College. There's a way that we can bubble here in our city and keep everyone safe and try to have a safe environment where we can get games in and try to compete for a Big East championship. Ed, appreciate it. Keep your fingers crossed and stay safe. You too, Kev. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Thanks again to PC coach Ed Cooley. I'd like to add a few words about the virus. I know you're sick of the virus. Everyone's sick of the virus. But if we're going to play college basketball this year, we have to deal with the virus aggressively. If fans have any dreams of watching their favorite team play in a college arena this season, 
please social distance and wear a mask when around others and stop washing your hands more often. If you hang with your pals, and I do, do it from a distance. Have fun, but be smart. As Dr. Anthony Fauci says, the virus is in charge. It's not you. It's not your pals. The virus will tell us if we can play college basketball this season. Right now, the virus is starting to win, and that's not good for college basketball. Thanks for listening to the 401 Podcast with Kevin McNamara. Get the 411 on the sports scene in the 401 by subscribing to the 401 Podcast from KevinMacSports.com.